So often we hear the question at the fundraising school, how do I hire a reliable consultant? Well, we're going to tell you today on this first day from the fundraising school. I'm Bill Stanjakevich, joined today by Jamie Levy. Jamie is a longtime faculty member of the fundraising school, and he also leads a national fundraising and nonprofit leadership consulting firm, J.D. Levy and Associates. And Jamie, you've been in this consulting business a long time. You work for one of the largest nonprofit consulting firms in the country and then have gone out and for the better part of the last two decades or more having your own successful consulting firm and so from the side of the consultant you know oftentimes fundraisers want to know the side of the donor today we're going to hear from the side of the consultant what advice do you have for nonprofit organizations who want to bring that consultant in what works and what are some cautions that you would have to offer us? great question bill first question um, that we always ask and that I would would say that any nonprofit has to have clarity on is themselves. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult to engage a consultant in a successful and fruitful relationship if they're not clear of who they are and where their gaps are. It doesn't mean they have to have the answers or they wouldn't be looking for outside help, but knowing themselves. Before you go on, what I'm hearing in that answer is somebody who wants the consultant to come in and tell me who I am and solve all my problems. And you know, we haven't given this a lot of thought, but if I hired Jamie, he's gonna figure it all out for us. Is this, is this what you're driving at? Absolutely. Yeah. And that mentality in the field also leads to overbuying of consulting. And mm. it's something that we are hypersensitive around as a firm that, and I was there when I was in the field and worked with consultants. Um, it was very easy for me to bring in consultants because we felt that we were insecure in certain areas and that we could buy someone and learn very quickly that that's not how an effective consulting relationship worked. Unfortunately, then being in consulting all this time, we've been able to operate from a healthy place with that. But it is very common for organizations to feel that they're buying a panacea, that they're going to the market to bring someone in to solve their issues, to tell them who they are, but then also to address their insecurities. And this is a huge issue that I see, at least in the field, in ensuring that organizations aren't bringing someone in overpaying or overbuying services because they're addressing an insecurity. Um, consultants have to be a partner and they have to be able to be invested and invested behind the cause of what their clients are about. Um, they're not there as a panacea, they're there truly as a partner. So I need to know who I am as a nonprofit. I need to be confident in who I am. I need to know exactly why I need a consultant. And if I have those questions answered, I'm not gonna look at the consultant as some magic wand who's gonna come in and fix all of my problems. Let's take this kind of in steps. Where do I find a pool of consultants to interview? I mean, today there's an app for anything. I can go on an app and have somebody mow my lawn, right? And we have Uber and you, you, they'll bring me food to my house. The grocery store will shop for me and all these things will happen. How do I find a good consultant in fundraising? Great question. And this kind of goes back to our, our summary of those steps. I may need someone to help me understand what our vision is, but I still as an organization will have an understanding of my identity mm -hmm. if I've taken time to reflect on that. And what I have learned, which is amazing to me, is that um, similar to financial brokers built clients that have shared values, um, consulting practices do as well. Mm. And with our firm, we, we only take clients by personal referral. So we've never been a firm that's been out marketing. Mm -hmm. And our client base has always been one that is very reflective of the cause drive that we have as an organization, the intensity that we bring as a firm, and the value centricity that we have. Um, so first is word of mouth. Talking to people who you believe share values or professional stances that your organization shares and who they've worked with and what those partnerships look like. 
Um, the other is the Fundraising School, Association of Fundraising Professionals, your local AFP chapter, um, United Way, beginning to look at professional platform organizations that will have resources, guides, um, and name and contact information of people that they can begin to talk with. Um, and then, of course, some of those same resources exist on the internet where someone could begin to do search. But my first recommendation is always begin to talk to people that you trust. So talk to your colleagues. Ask them if they've had a positive experience with a consultant. Uh, talk to other philanthropic leaders in your local community. Say if you have a community foundation or a United Way that is active, that you can ask them for referrals. National associations that you might be a part of, conferences that you attend, oftentimes you're going to hear about good consultants from other people who are out in the field, and of course, Google and Safari are ways to get started as well. So Jamie, if I have this pool of identified consultants and I'm gonna interview them and I'm gonna select one either to design my fundraising plan, help me with a capital campaign, whatever the case might be, what should I be expecting from the consultant? Should I be expecting you know, a nice uh, pitch that's online, a big folder of materials? What, what is kind of standard that lets me know that this consultant really knows their work uh, and can help this uh, recruitment process as I'm asking questions to discern who is best for my organization? Really good question and one with lots of answers. Uh, there are so many different approaches to how consultants um, begin to work with potential clients. And I can give you an example of how our firm works, which may help answer that question. We always start out with a couple of preliminary discussions and where we begin to explore and just discover um, what is the need that they're seeing? Is it validated? Um, and then that we can begin to answer the question, are we even a good fit? And mm -hmm. many there probably half the time we'll find that we're not going to be the best fit for a potential client. And we refer them to one of our partners and friends that we know they could trust that are better fit for their needs. Um, for those organizations that we believe we are a fit, then we begin to scope out a working proposal. And that is deliverable based for us. We don't do anything that is hourly. It's always based on deliverable, um, which means our timelines are open until those deliverables are fulfilled. Um, and that puts a lot of the risk on our firm to ensure that we have clarity on what we are all talking about and that we're all in the same sandbox um, of understanding. And as that gets refined then with our client, then we move to a place to where we finalize that working scope and approach so that there's total clarity of understanding with their board, with their senior staff and how we engage. Um, and then at that point, if we all choose and decide that this is the right partnership, we will go forward and activate the project. But all of that work is on us up front. Um, we, it's unreasonable to expect a, a nonprofit organization to be able to go through that discovery process after you've engaged in a project with them. Part of that is what we give to them to make sure that they know what they're investing in and what partnership looks like. And for us, you know, a great example of indicators, um, one of the things that we look for in client work is tension. If we're not creating healthy, dis healthy tension and social disruption of some form, that's an indicator that something's off in our engagement with our clients. Um, so we're a firm that is very much focused on aggressive transformation. And there are a lot of projects that we're not a good fit for um, because of the focus and the, the nature of the work that we do, which is more organizational and longer term impact. Okay, I need to ask you a clarifying question because at the beginning you encouraged me to be confident in who I am. Yes. And now you're saying you're only going to work for me if you can disrupt who I am. <laughs> How can both of those things be true? Great question. We want to know your identity. Mm -hmm. And then as we begin to explore the sandbox that you're operating in, we may begin to discover that there are horsepower changes in the organization that should look different. We may discover together that there's a new service model that we want to explore and understand. There may be things in your environment that no one's willing to look at. 
Um, so often, one of the things that a consultant can bring is a voice of calling out truth and being able to speak in a, a, a loving way towards truth. Um, there's a, a great quote that is that truth without love is divisive and repulsive. And ideally, when I'm engaging a consultant in no matter what type of work that I'm engaging them in, I should be able to see them as a resource to bring truth in a meaningful way into my organization, whether that's fundraising or board development or organizational evaluation and planning. Jamie, help us understand the balance then, because uh, on one hand, if we have a functional nonprofit, we have a board that has uh, designed and updated a strategic plan. We have a detailed and responsive operations plan uh, with a responsible budget, a fundraising plan that goes alongside, uh, and yet a consultant can bring in a fresh perspective, bring in ideas, things we don't know from outside of our organization. But some people we talk to uh, voice a concern that the consultant's going to come in and tell me their way of doing things. And so again, you bring in this disruption, you bring in some new ideas, but maybe somebody is functional and, and has their act together. Mm -hmm. Where is that balance as I'm working with a consultant? Absolutely. So a really good point that a consultant shouldn't bring in their agenda. And that is always a gut check and mm -hmm. a red flag that an organization should look for, which is partly why we do so much upfront cultivation work in exploring and discovering with a potential client the, the nature of our partnership so that they can know that we're not bringing in an agenda, that our focus is coming in and helping to discover and blossom what is already in their organization. One of the first guide rails that we use when we work with an organization is what are we preserving? Understanding the assets that exist in the organization so that they don't get disrupted so that if we're going to create tension, it may be because the board is realizing they never saw themselves as life advocates for the cause. They saw themselves as people who could come and think as opposed to find meaningful ways to engage. Um, potentially, it's be, you know, a new development in their environment that no one's been able to look at together, which may challenge the way that they've thought about the constituency that they serve. But those disruptions are partnership-driven, they're not agenda-driven. And that is a really critical differential in working with a consultant. If a consultant is creating social disruption around their agenda, then that is a very different focus on a working relationship than if I'm working with a partner who together we're exploring, and that exploration and discovery together will likely cause tension, but it's tension that's generated organically in our organization, not because someone from the outside has created an agenda that has created div divisiveness or tension. A very important distinction. And Jamie's giving us great themes and concepts to consider as we then formulate our questions uh, for the consultants who are thinking about bringing in, again, for your fundraising campaign, for a capital campaign, whatever that case might be. And Jamie, you started by saying word of mouth is a good way to uh, find a pool of consultants for us to interview and consider. I have my undergraduate degree in journalism and they taught us to always you know, double check our information. If your mother says she loves you, get a second source. That's what we were taught. What about asking the consultant for references? Is that a, a standard request that I can make absolutely. if I'm interviewing you or another consultant? It absolutely is, Bill. Um, reference is a great point and a great place. If I am talking to you and you've given me a referral of a couple of different organizational partners that you've had good experience with, um, by means, all means, beginning that conversation with them and exploring partnerships that they've had and being willing to explore. Um, as a firm, we operate only on personal referral, so our referral base is, and past client base is completely open to anybody who would ever want to explore. Um, but that is a, a very positive place to go. The other thing that that does is to remember what we said earlier on and that often consultants build practices around shared values. 
And if I'm working and talking to people that you've worked with as a potential consultant, it also helps me to understand the nature and culture of those organizations. And do I find that my organization has some similarities with those cultures? Um, or do I find that those organizations are very, very different? Um, if I'm a small grassroots organization, I may have to think differently in working with a, an individual who's only worked with very large right. organizations of a particular discipline. So some good information on how to find a consultant. And remember, fundraising, you are responsible for the fundraising of your organization. You need to be confident in who you are. You need to know exactly why you need a consultant before you then go out into the marketplace for this very helpful outside resource. We also have information for you in each of our 16 public courses offered in 16 U.S. cities. And that information is in our course directory, which you can receive a hard copy of or is available online at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. And you also can learn about our custom training where we can bring any of those courses just to your organization, just to your region, or we will listen to you and tailor a course specifically for your needs. The website also has information about our quarterly webinars as well as these free podcasts. And speaking of the podcast, if you're following us on iTunes, make sure that you like us, give us those five stars, and then that will help more fundraisers become aware of this free resource. I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and now you are now more up to date on this first day from the Fundraising School. Mm -hmm.